wingtip. Good afternoon. It is April 4th, 2022. You're listening to a little column A, a little column B, hosted by William and Oson Coast by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? I came across there's a new kind of sports bar that's opening. It's in Portland and it's called the Sports Bra. So, you know, bar, but you know, kind of switched around a little bit. Uh, specifically opened by women that will want to show exclusively women's sports. Now, we're just coming off last night. The uh, South Carolina women beat the UConn women in the national championship game. That uh, The Final Four, actually, all of the uh, uh, women's tournament was all on ESPN. It was very easy to find. Uh, very as, as someone that's been to bars and having to fight to either get a uh, you know, a sporting event on, or you, know, you kind of get relegated sometimes to a, to a smaller TV. I could definitely understand the, uh, the, the, the frustration. If you're looking to watch even something that's less popular, like a lot of these, uh, these women's sports are. So I like the idea that uh, a woman just kind of took things, you know, into her own hands and said, I would like to watch sports uh, at, at a bar. Uh, I don't think it's unreasonable for me to want to watch women's sports. So I'm going to create my own place where I can do that. This is really what you're going to open with? You don't want to open the March Madness at all? We've got the, the championship tonight. Final Four just happened. We, we can't talk about the ACC at all? Uh, well, you know, the, the game's tonight, but by the, people, by the time people listen to this, you know, the, it's, it's already going uh, to be over. So, you know, I, I, didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to waste people's time. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'll, I'll do like a quick little recap then. I don't know if you, if you saw the other day, but unfortunately – I, I, I yeah, I thought you weren't even a college basketball fan, so you know I did. You know I know you like talking about other things. All right, you know what? Fine. You know what? Well, we can talk about my blunders first, but where yours are coming up next. There's no way we're getting around this at this point, right? This is this is something that's uh, we're gonna have to deal with. Right? We're gonna have to talk through this. So we've we do this every year. We do the big podcast bracket here. We allow a whole bunch of people to enter. We get as many people involved as possible. First place is gonna get a hundred dollar Amazon gift card and and what a podcast T-shirt and. I suppose if you actually listen to the show and you're listening to me right now, we'll maybe even grant you the opportunity to come on the show. But with all that being said, there's 107 people that we got this year. This is a pretty good total. Out of 107 there, I finished 105th. And just just out of curiosity, because they couldn't have gone any worse for me, I had to check to see who the two below me were and what their selections were. And I was unfortunately rewarded with this, the knowledge and the, that I just didn't need to know. I shouldn't have known. I shouldn't have looked it up. The people below me, 106 and 107, didn't even finish their bracket. Didn't even finish filling it out. I These are the two only two people in the 107 out of the whole league that I actually defeated in this bracket challenge right now. So I don't know how you feel about Duke losing the other day, but it wasn't that bad, right? I'm losing some real credibility here. I, I have a sports podcast right now, and I lost it. The only two people I beat were people that didn't even finish their final four. They didn't even finish filling it out. So... I, I get you. I, I, I feel for you, man. I, I, I just was going to give you a little minute here to talk maybe some Coach K legacies. I, I think looking back at the game, it was a good game. It was a tight game. UNC, I think, was my early prediction. You, you go back after they blow that whole first half uh, lead in the, the, the Baylor game. I thought they looked like the best team in the tournament. So I, I don't think you have anything to truly be ashamed of here. I think you had an opportunity to win that game. I don't think either team really played that well. It, it was maybe a little bit more credit to both the team's defenses, but I don't know. It's college basketball. Anything can happen. That's kind of the, the fun, unpredictable part about this. Now, with all that being said, I've seen some people talk about, oh, it's an eight seed. Look at UNC, you know, underdog story. Like we, we've had this argument about 
how court storming, you're like all for it. Any any sort of scenario, how can we get more people to storm the courts? It's all the energy, it's all the upsets, it's all that. There's certain schools that just shouldn't be allowed to storm the court, and there's also those same schools that are, shouldn't be allowed to call themselves underdogs. All right, UNC is a basketball school. I don't care if they were an eight seed this year. They're a basketball school. There's no underdog story of all this. There's no, like, the eight seed had to go through all of this just to get here. No, none, none of that. This is not that storyline. If anything, it was an awesome storyline to see them actually kick out Coach K for his final game. It seemed very fitting that that would be a matchup. One of the first times this has ever happened. Seems crazy that they have been able to play each other in March during the tournament. But I was I was excited for the game. I'm excited for tonight's game. I, I think we got you know two big schools. I think it should draw a, a decent crowd, and hopefully some people are still tuned in. All that being said, uh, any any last last words here? Can I can I pull something out of you here? <laughs> it was not fun. I, I did not have a good time. Uh, you know, we had, we had the lead at, at halftime. Things were going. Uh, I thought general generally okay after. Mark Williams, who plays uh, the majority of uh, of the game at center for us, got in uh, in early foul trouble, which was was unfortunate and just one of those things that happens in college basketball that really doesn't happen in the NBA. You don't really see, uh, you know, an NBA game where a guy's sitting on the bench for you know most of the half because they're 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 in foul trouble. But I mean, I would have loved if it was the reverse and it had been it had been Baycott and he had gotten two quick ones and that that would definitely been been helpful. And then just, uh, just just frustrating, just very much. Uh, I would call it a uh, you know down the stretch uh, a 50-50 game, and it's just whoever got ahead with the, uh, the you know the under thirty seconds once the, once the shot clock was no longer on. It's like then you're playing the foul game, and throughout the tournament we had been able to down the stretch hit big shots to put us over the top and to get big stops when we needed them. And uh, you know Caleb Love hit that that three with just an absolute dagger. Uh, you know, Mark Williams couldn't, you know, miss both those free throws down, down the stretch. And, you know, he was you know, very, very upset about it under, understandably. Uh, the people, uh, like friends and family were decently nice to me, but man, the internet is a, uh, is, is a brutal place. I, I, I know that Duke is, is not the, uh, not, not the most liked team in the world, but I feel like since we've kind of gone into the, uh, the, you know, the, the post Grayson Allen sort of uh, era, We've definitely had, you know, more, I want to call it more, more popular players. You know, we got RJ Barrett, we got Zion, you know, we got Paulo Bancaro this year, which is like very likable, likable guys. And just the amount of, I expect it from UNC fans, but to not just expect it so much from just uh, neutral, neutral fans to just be all about like, this is hilarious. I am having like such a good time, uh, you know, having uh, coach K lose a second time to, uh, to UNC to, to end his career. And, one of the things that makes it uh makes it just really uh just crappy is it, it was a good year it, it it was a fun year we start off the uh the year i'm in the building to watch them beat kentucky so that's a blast and then you know we don't have the most success but then we make a final four run if we had lost on saturday to um to purdue or if we had lost to to, to baylor it would have just been like, you know, we made, made the final four, you know, even in coach K's last year, it's really hard to make the final four, <laughs> you know, I don't think throughout the, for a majority of the year, I would have put us in the, the, the top four in the country. There's definitely stretches for sure, but definitely I don't think for the majority of the year. So it was just, it's just mostly that it was UNC that it happened, especially where this year UNC wasn't that good for the majority of the year. I'm going to say from November 
until February. And then all of a sudden they have just put it together at the right time, have made an incredible tournament run, have uh, just everything has been, uh, you know, clicking on all cylinders for them. Like you said, uh, that second game against Baylor did, had, had no expectation they were going to beat Baylor. First game of the day, and they come out and go up by nearly 30 points on uh, on Baylor. And then there's just like some of the weirdest basketball stuff that I've ever seen that, that goes on. And the game goes into overtime. And just today, just like I said, the game on Saturday was just such a coin flip. It's just a couple things go a different way. It's I'm in a totally different mindset. It's a totally different attitude. And just like only a couple things had to go differently in that Baylor game. And this miracle run that they're on is over weeks ago. There, but we didn't get it. We didn't get it. I uh, the the one there's a small bright spot. The that um, today is the six year anniversary of Villanova breaking UNC's heart and beating them at the buzzer in the national championship game. Uh, a game that I was uh, in attendance for. So I uh, you know it won't be Villanova this year, but you know I uh, have become a very big uh, Kansas fan uh, basically overnight. Oh, so I was going to ask you. I said, you know, which team are you going to be supporting in the championship? I guess that answers that. Is you're going to be rooting for the the blue, the other blue, not the it's baby. Very blue. confusing. There's lots of blue. Yeah, that's uh, maybe maybe they should come up with something. Also, the whole KU UK thing that that's that's another story. I, we we need a whole podcast for that one. So but. speaking of that, last uh, episode, I made a little joke at uh, Kentucky's expense, saying, "Hey, it's a uh, blue blood party, and Kentucky wasn't invited." To add insult to injury to them, they beat. UNC and in, in December and they beat Kansas at Kansas by, I think both of them were like around 28 points. That has got to be so frustrating that, you know, you get tripped up by a 15 seed and then who is in the championship game, but two teams that you went two and zero against and just both of those games, it was from the tip. This is not a game. Kentucky is the much better team. It's very clear. And I uh, just, it's got to be super frustrating for those fans. Hey, but that's the that's the fun part about March Madness here is anything can happen. It's uh, anybody's game, and I don't think it's been a disappointing tournament. I think tonight's going to be a, an exciting game too. I am going to stick with the hot team and, and roll with UNC. I feel like since that Baylor game, I I, I, I felt like they were the best team in the tournament, and I've, I'm kind of sticking with that. I don't really have any reason to not say that. I, I've been rolling with the same reasons. They've, they've played the same way. These guys – Despite, I mean, the only thing that I worry about a little bit is that ankle of uh, was it Backcock or whoever the big man? Uh, yeah, Backcock. It, it really, really stinks when you win, but you were the more injured team, and you're kind of be kind of stumbling into that. Versus if Duke won, I'm sure there's some banged up injuries and little knickknacks here. But th- this guy, his ankle, he was hobbling out there. I was shocked he was able to come back. It, it seemed strange the way that he did go. Like, he goes to the locker room for, like, 30 seconds. Not even 30 seconds. Like, 10 seconds. And then he comes running out. Yeah. All right. Whatever happens behind the scenes there, we, we don't need to know. All right. There's a reason they had to go off off camera there for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, speculate what you want. I, I would be worried about him tonight. And I, I think Kansas uh, probably sh- – I imagine Kansas is the favorite. It probably should be the favorite. But uh, I'll roll with UNC. This, this feels like a destined team at this point. I mean – I still think they're a basketball team. I still think, despite all the struggles and the losses to all those teams that you just mentioned, the ACC overall performed phenomenally in this tournament. So maybe maybe all that didn't mean really anything because I saw Miami look really well. I saw Duke look really well throughout the tournament. And that's just 
the tip of the iceberg as some of the other teams here. So, all right. But like you said, uh, podcast is getting a little delayed here. So, uh, I guess that we'll find out that results and maybe chat a little bit about that in the next week's, uh, as for this week here, we did have some. Uh, oh, some... I have, I have, I have, I have more. I have complaints. I have complaints about tonight. Uh, the game doesn't start till nine twenty. This is definitely like a little bit old man, but uh, you know it says nine twenty. It's not going to start till nine thirty. I, I get, you know, we gotta, you know, do some stuff for 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 the West Coast, but uh, you know, we gotta got an East Coast and you in a kind of a middle of the country uh, team playing. Uh, so this game isn't going to end till close, close to midnight. Uh, you know, any kid on the East coast isn't going to be able to watch it. And I think that's unfortunate. Uh, and that's something I didn't realize until today, because after the, uh, after the Duke loss, I tried to imagine that college basketball was just over, but today I uh, finally got around to, uh, to doing that. Yeah. So you're actually going to watch tonight, right? You're not, you're not going to. Oh yeah. No, I, I appreciate your, you reaching out to me on Sunday saying, Hey, afternoon, uh, what what did I say? I, th- I guess that afternoon basketball is still fun, right? Like uh, col- col- it wasn't college ball; it was NBA. Yeah, it's, it's Sunday like, ball. Are, are you boy? Yeah, you're like are you boycotting the whole sport? And I think that was a reasonable uh, a reasonable question. And you know, I I came back with uh, my little joke of, oh yeah, definitely watching the NBA. Everybody knows that I'm a huge NBA guy and really not into college basketball that much. Everyone knows that about me. So hey, well, you know, just trying to uh, to to move along. Well, we could talk I, uh, some NBA. I, I, we've got some news well, hold on, on that. I still got, I still oh, have man, more the, Duke stuff. The gripes are, the gripes aren't over. What more old man nope. stuff do you have here? I, tell them to no, get off no, your lawn this, already. This is it's very easy. This isn't, this isn't gripes. This is different. Uh, earlier uh, in the week, or you know, last week was the uh, McDonald's All American uh, game, which is the the top high school uh, prospects. Kind of the there's the uh, there's this one. There's a couple of more the uh, the, the premier events. And you kind of get a look at the, uh, you know, the top college guys for next year. Uh, for anyone that thought since Coach K was leaving that Duke was out of the picture, you didn't need to worry about them anymore. We are coming back strong again next year. We have the top recruiting class in the uh, in the country. The team is going to be completely different. So definitely a ton of one and dones. We got this guy, uh, Derek Lively. He's seven. Six eleven. So two centers. That's going to be interesting as well as uh, Derek Whitehead, he was the uh, McDonald's All-American uh, MVP. So, you know, basketball is not it's, – it's really not that far away until, uh, until November when uh, the 2022-2023 season is going to start. We're going to have a new coach, John Shire. I think he's going to be ready to go. I think he's going to see how well that uh, – the UNC, how, uh, how good uh, he did. And, you know, I think he's going to be ready to go. We're looking to make his mark just as fast. So do you think he'll be better than UNC next year? I definitely think we'll be better than UNC next year. Uh, is, I'm actually wondering, I mean, like I said, UNC and Kansas, these are basketball schools. There, There's no accomplishment, if anything, there's an expectation every year that this is what they're supposed to be doing. So with that being said, there has been some recent struggles by these teams where, you know, they have won some some chips. Like It's not like they're, they're irrelevant, but I wonder who – who needs the win more, do you think? And I know you have an obvious bias here, but if anything, you could see if you were one of these teams, which which one do you think is more hungry for? Like, who needs this win more? Like, does Bill Self need this, or does UNC need this after? Did they even make the tournament last year? I think they missed it last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they, they made it. Kansas, uh, unfortunately, uh, oh, man, I'm just like, 
really commiserating with all the uh, all the other fans today. But Kansas kept getting thrown in with Kentucky and Duke last year of like, oh man, all the blue bloods are are terrible this year. Where Kansas just wasn't, like, you know, a number one seed. They still had a, a decent year. I, I think they were like a three or a four seed. So not their not their normal self, but not nearly the uh, the fall off that uh, that Duke and Kentucky had last year. So they kept getting rolled in, and I got to imagine them. Uh, their fans just yelling at the TV, like, what are you talking about? We're having like a slightly less successful year than normal. Do not lump us in with these other teams that are just having, you know, uh, quite possibly like the worst season of the the entire program's history. So you're going to say Kansas needs it more. All right. So Zach's rooting for UNC I, I think, tonight. No. I, think, <laughs> I think Kansas, just because UNC has already beat uh, Coach K twice, knocked him out at, at Cameron, knocked him out of the uh, – uh, you know, is you know out out of the final four, the, no no UNC fan expected to make it all the way to the championship. Probably not even to the to the final four the way that they were playing. So I, I think I think they've already made it. Where Kansas was a it was a one seed. They have you know people picked them to win the championship, and for sure some people picked UNC in the bracket. But the amount that did is a very minuscule. Where Kansas, I, I can imagine there was a, a solid percentage of people that did because they they were one seed. All right. Anything else for college basketball here? Otherwise, we're we're packing it up and it's gone forever. I can't promise you I'll ever give you the opportunity to talk Coach K again. So if you got something, let, let now now's the time. I feel like we really uh, we we got that uh, uh, I don't know a few weeks ago and kind of you know said all, all of the things you know he's got a bunch of records that are that are up there. Greatest uh, college basketball coach. You know you could definitely argue for Wooden, but you know. That was a that was a different gen- generation, a different different era. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh with, with Coach K, and I'll be interested to see uh what the what the future holds for him. The walk off with the with the wife who was prepared. The the announcers even before that had mentioned that she said she was gonna meet him like halfway off the court or whatever, regardless of the outcome, and that she wasn't worried about the outcome at the time. And I think there was like two or three minutes left. But the the boldness of like we're gonna walk off together in public in front of all of this, regardless of the outcome and the, the way that they'd handle it. I could see he was hurting, but he, Hey man, I, I, I don't think I could have handled it as well as he did. I'm, I'm going to throw out some credit there. The, the magnitude on this and the career and all of that. I mean, it would have been really hard to walk off and for him to walk off, uh, you know, somewhat composed. I, I was, I was impressed. I mean, the, it, it's, it's been a long career. There's a lot of teams, a lot of wins, a lot of coaching, a lot of players, a lot of, <laughs> A lot of storylines. Uh, I can only imagine what was going through his head at the, the moment when it happened, as well as the, the 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 ups and downs of just this season alone. This was not the normal season that you you typically see by him, where it's early dominance and it's continued dominance. This was a, a growing pain season that I think he clawed for to even have the opportunity, and that everyone else on the team did as well. And I I still I still think it was a good job by him and the and the team. And I, I don't think there's anything to really be disappointed on at all uh we were a two seed like i said if it hadn't been if it hadn't been unc it had been anybody else it would have just been like solid solid run it was just that uh i i it's never something fun to to, to think about but just kind of did a uh, like kind of a cursory quick thought didn't do like like a deep dive but i think this was a was a top five sports loss for me oh wow damn uh, would you rather won and then lost the, the, the whole ship then? Like, would you rather have beaten oh, UNC definitely. and lost to Kansas? You would have rathered that. 
Oh, well, yeah, because we would have won one more game and then you're in the in the championship. And then, you you know, you 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 won the you rubber match. So that, that's easy. I feel like there has to be like something something else that, that goes into that. It's like more like what I've rather lost to Arkansas and then never had to play UNC. Like, I think it has to go that way, because, of course, like, why would I why would I why would I not trade a, a loss for a win? But could we definitely have some similar uh worse uh worse losses but yeah i think i think it's top five can you think of well i can think of two of them off the top uh i'm trying to think of who else was in your five i'd like to think the two giants ones are easily in there oh god the eagles one's got to be in there too right the thick falls there's three the, the eagles one's not in there eagles one's not in there all right that I mean, eagles one that would be it's oh man it's, it's gonna sound so bad to people listening but like by that point we had already won <laughs> like a bunch of Super Bowls and we kind of we had lost some and the Giants losses were way worse I think I think the uh the Philly one I'll, I'll say they actually I I truly felt like they beat us and as humiliating as that sounds I really thought Nick Foles out us that day there wasn't anything we ha- we could do to stop him he was doing everything he could against us versus the losses against the Giants those are some all-time defenses and I will give them credit till the end of day because they they stopped us they slowed us down but it was the offense of some really just unfortunate bad luck towards the Patriots and some desperate heaves by Eli that just feel like unworthy of actual talent. Like they didn't execute anything as the defense executed great greatness. Like was awesome. They slowed down Tom, but Tom was still able to put up some points and had Eli not gotten as fortunate in two Super Bowls with some real prayers. This is a completely different outcome of those games. So well, I, not even, not even just that is the first one. We were undefeated. We had not lost the whole year. So that puts even 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 more on top of it. Of and you know, I think at that point, I don't know if it still was, but you know, the the highest uh, you know point spread in any any Super Bowl. So it, we went into that, and it wasn't a uh, you know I'd make her say this is pretty fifty fifty. It was we we should go in and win this game. That's the expect expectation, and not just from Patriots fans and you know some irrational confidence of no no this is this team the Patriots are a better team than the Giants are. It didn't happen that night, but you know, if you had played 10 times, you know, the, the Patriots are for sure going to win a majority of them. Uh, I'm going to throw out the, the Aaron Boone. That was a, that was a tough loss for, for Red Sox fans. I didn't go to school the next day for you. That was one of the greatest days of my life, but in the same vein, it was the next year. Yeah. Uh, the, the, we it, win really you guys... a combination of blowing that three Oh lead. But definitely that game seven where it's like, all right, we're, we're, there's no way. There's no way this is going to happen. We're going to get our act together. Johnny Damon hits that that grand slam and just it, – it's it wasn't even a game. So that one, I, I think I'm putting the, uh, the, the the Patriots one would be second worst and the, the, the Red Sox one would be uh, uh, third because that's another that, – that, that's a rivalry. Yeah, where I don't think before that I don't think before that the Patriots and Giants necessarily really had a rivalry. I mean, it's definitely New York and you know Boston, but it's it's a little different than like Duke, UNC, Red Sox, Yankees, and like that those those years like Yankees and Red Sox like really battled head to head. I'll give you one more loss. Uh, game seven, twenty twelve to the Lakers. Perk is hurt. I swear we lose this game by like two rebounds, and if he'd just been out 2010. there. 2010, 2010, yeah, we won in 2008, 2010, yeah, 2010, yeah, all right, because he's out in 09, KG's out in 09, and he's back, and our team is is 
really, 09 was our best team. And we, we blew it. If, if KG is just able to play that whole year, which is just a tragedy he was not able to because I, I, I feel like that team was even better than 08. But we put it all back together in 2010. We go seven games against Kobe and Gasol and... They didn't even play well that game, which makes it, which makes it like such a tougher loss where it's just a sloppy game. Anybody could have won, and we didn't have perk, and it felt like we were losing by rebounds, and they had so many offensive rebounds, and we just didn't give as as many opportunities to them. It's, it's a completely different game, it's kid. That that one that one will we stick to, with me. We had to we had to throw uh, old Rashid Wallace out there to try to just do the best he could, and he did, yeah, but it just, just wasn't it just, just wasn't enough. It just yeah, it wasn't wasn't enough, and just losing lo- losing perk. It just trying to figure it out, and then it was, it it, it was close. It, it it was a battle. I, you know, it's one of those. I see. I seem to remember it being kind of a you know similar to this uh, game Saturday of like it was like a fifty fifty game, and then Meta World Peace hit a like a no 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 for Lakers fans yes three, and just like really I mean if Kobe hits like some crazy turnaround fadeaway in somebody's face like fine but like really it's Meta World Peace finds uh, you know finds the bottom of the net so that one that one's number one. That's number one. That's number one. That's number one. Okay. Uh, and there... all of these, all of these, what I'm realizing is it end. It not, not only do you lose, it ends your season. Yeah. Well, that's that's why it's that's why these are the worst just... ones because that's that's how bad it was. You had an opportunity of an outcome that was exactly everything you wanted, and you got really really close to it happening, and then it didn't happen. The almost ones happen. are by far the most painful ones. Where now we look back at it in history, and it's like Kobe's got another ring. We could have t- we could have had that. We could have put one more on KG, one more on on Paul, one more on Ray. And who knows what mm-hmm. happens with the Celtics after that? You know, Rondo gets another one. Who the, the only winning one because we've had a lot of dynasties throughout all these sports, especially just in on our era right now of, of dominance right now, where there's really a handful of teams that just dominated for a couple decades here. And we were fortunate that it was some of our teams in in all of sports. But still, there's only a handful of them right now. So when you only win one, it really feels like an outlier. When you see other teams that go run off three in a row or, you know, four in ten years or something like that, and you only win one, it, it, it just puts you at that lower echelon. Now, you're in the group. You know, you're, you're talked about. You're still invited to the, the actual party. You know, it's not like your invite was canceled. But you're just – you're not the, the VIP of, it, of the party at all. Yeah. Agreed. And, and to know, like, you were one game away, a couple plays away from that entire – that changing entirely – you know, especially though that was over ten years ago. Now that's uh, it's old news. Uh, all right, any any more losses you want to talk to right now, or should we talk some new football changes? Uh, just the uh, the the last one you had, you'd mentioned the year uh, kind of by accident, but twenty twelve losing to uh, LeBron in the Heat, where we uh, had unexpectedly won Game Five, and I remember it was at your house, and both of us kind of looking at each other and realizing like we're. We're we're going home. We're going home for Game Six with a chance to close this out. Didn't get it done. Forced to go to Game Seven. Right around uh, when I was graduating uh, from from college, so there's like a lot of excitement going on, and it's like, oh, oh, we got a chance at him. And it was still in that we we got LeBron's number. Like KG and Paul Pierce, like they're gonna trash talk with him. Like we 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 got his number, and I think that was one of the. The, the first times that LeBron in like a big situation hit a big deep three. Uh, I remember I was on the, the you know, the, the close side of the, the, the court that was just like an absolute dagger to just say, I am here. I am the best. You guys do not have my number anymore. 
and really thought like that you know there was still a little magic left in the uh, in, the, in the Celtics because after that it was pretty much you know a, a, a slow a slow steady decline but you know in 2012 it was a surprise and just you, you got it got to the point where you, you let yourself believe like I, I think I think we got this and so when it comes crashing down it's just uh just such a farther uh, farther fall I that that's not on my list that that doesn't even we were we were not the better team that that's one where you look at the history of it all it's it's we we weren't the better team there that was that was a team that had kind of missed its shot at at a real opportunity of it and we were just lucky to even have a chance in it and then we were a well enough coach team and had enough chemistry team to actually take advantage of a playoff series and swing it in our direction but when you get to that level of competition the the better team the better team's gonna win and they were the better team like otherwise we would have otherwise we would have got it done. We had two chances to win the series. Yep. And and we didn't. Which just means I think yeah, I think that's why it was so so frustrating. Yeah. You know, but those are those are the, the definitely the the maybes, the what ifs, you know. I mean, who knows? What if what if LeBron goes out for a quarter on those any of those two games? Like it, they needed they needed everything from him and they got it all from him. So which is why I, I, I don't think that was as tough of a loss. I, I just feel like he they were the better team and he was the better player on the court and he just showed it and he was awesome too he was really good like, like i, I said, can't you can't these, take anything away from either of those games he was good in them these are not uh these are not fun to uh to relive and where i've gone back and watched super bowls we've won i don't really go back and watch the uh watch the losses so it's just more of a you know you know a feeling and it's not something that i really want to go you know looking up so i'm sure that there might have been some that i that, that i missed but you know those were definitely the the ones that came to mind uh, pretty pretty quick now the only thing worse than losing is just not playing, right? Like we still want to bet on this March Madness thing next year, right? Like I had had a terrible year. I still want to play. There's only one thing worse than that. Yeah. So, really, how did you fill out a bracket so bad that you were in that you're in last? Well, I took some chances, I guess you could say. I I, I didn't want to fill out the same bracket as everyone else, and I I think I overcorrected a little bit on trying to be unique and it's uh it's a weakness of mine you know I, i'm trying to try to do my own thing a little too much here i should have is this is this any sort of a um like a, like a wake-up call for you that you, you know you got to watch at least a little bit of college basketball i mean you don't have to watch it every day you know multiple games like like i am and i'm going to as many games as i can but do you think maybe like next year they're trying to make like a little more of an effort like hey maybe i'll try to watch you know, majority of the Syracuse games are just every like once a week. I'm going to find like the premier game on Saturday. I'm going to watch it like anything. Is this a wake up call for you? No, no, because I think you're going to continue with the same strategy. And my strategy is so unpredictable that there's nothing you can do to prepare for it versus I know you're going to pick Duke to win it all. And all I got to do is not do that and hope that whatever I do do is just a little bit better. Yeah, that was a real bold. That was a real bold move of you knowing that I was going to pick Duke and you just went right head to head against me and I don't know. I I, I look that I, honestly, I, not even just against you, but I I went against the ACC across the board. So UNC kills me. You and Duke, probably a lot of people. Well, I you know what you're making me sound like I'm a crazy person for like how my bracket went so wrong when I'm telling you everything that did go wrong. I went heavy against the ACC. I I booed them out of my bracket in every opportunity I had, and then all of them won. I didn't win one of them. Not only did they win, they advanced. Look, look at the finals right now. We have an ACC team. Did you like? You obviously thought Duke was gonna make it, but did you think there was gonna be a chance there was another ACC team in the Final Four? Like you didn't pick that. I, I, uh, 
I wasn't even super confident in uh, in Duke making it because the last few weeks of the uh, of the regular season, the ACC tournament, they did not look great. And I thought that Gonzaga was the best team uh, in the. It, it, I mean, obviously they were the you know the the number one seed. So they and they were in the same same region. So it's like, man, we're gonna have to really get uh you know get lucky. Something's gonna have to happen. I mean, that's kind of what what ended up what ended up did happening, but. Well, you know I, uh, what? It didn't go. It didn't go according to plan for me. But the one thing I will tell you is, I'm showing up for work the next day. All right, and I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna run away. I can accept a loss. I I could be all right with this, and I I can be professional about it all. Versus the I guy. I thought I had a. Uh, I thought I had a solution for you for your uh, your bet consequence. <laughs> What's that? But Photoshop? this is why I had. This is why I had on the list. April Fool's jokes, were the. Were, were there any uh, April Fool's jokes that, that that got you this year? No, no. I my like on social media. Like, was there something I read that, yeah. that tricked me? No, because I don't have anything. I don't follow anybody. You're my only Facebook friend. There, there's no way to trick me on anything anymore. There, well, nothing. it doesn't have to necessarily just be Facebook. So this this is where I was. I was good, pretty good on the day. I'll get back to that, but. I saw an article yesterday saying that Killington in Vermont was going to be able to have year-round skiing, saying, like, towards the end of the season, they were able to just make, like, a ton more snow than they normally do, that they've been, like, dabbling with uh, uh, new technology to be able to make snow in warmer climates. I told my roommate about it uh, today and just like, man, that would be interesting. Like, I've always heard about, like, in California, it's like, hey, yeah, you can be in L.A., you know, in the morning at the beach, and then you can drive up into the mountains. Yeah, you can be you can be skiing, snowboarding, whatever you want to do. So then today, I went to look it up, and I was gonna it was gonna be the opening to the podcast because I was like, oh hey, you know, you're gonna have to do this thing. Maybe you know, in the summertime, we go up to you know up to Vermont, and you know, we could <laughs> we could knock this out. This would be like a fun thing, like no one else is thinking about doing. And that's when uh, when I googled it and came across the website, uh, one of the news, and they even mentioned in a little like press thing at the beginning, going. Hey, this was our fault. We bit on this April Fool's joke thing. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because I didn't see it on April Fool's Day. I saw it yesterday. So it was like I had let my guard down. I was still, you know, very emotional from, uh, you know, from the Duke game. I wasn't in, like, my prime situation. But I'm glad to hear you didn't get tricked because on actual April Fool's Day, on Facebook in the Duke Facebook group I'm in, someone had posted that uh, Paulo Bancaro – suffered a lower back injury during practice and was questionable. And I did get out of Facebook and opened up Google, <laughs> but did not start typing it in. Cause it was like, that's an April fool's joke thing. And then I was cool. I was cool. And then I saw I had gotten a, um, it was like an alert, like a Twitter alert. And then it was just a picture of uh, Julian Edelman with like onto the next in a picture of the, uh, going down to tampa bay and it was like well that's not like the craziest thing in the world and once again i hopped out of it i went into messenger to message you and then said hold on this is an april fool's joke so i was pretty good until afterwards i got tricked by an april fool's joke two days later but i think that's a little different but I wasn't sure if you had uh, any similar situations of, ooh, oh, is that a thing? And, you know, the hesitation, like, nope, nope. 
No, I, I didn't have any uh, misfortunes of being tricked by anything quite like that. I, I was, uh, I, I'm really not on any of that stuff anymore. So there's, uh, there's, there's no way to get me. I, I suppose I'm not, uh, I'm not really researching. It's just me and the dog right now. That's, uh, that's how I let fool me every damn day here. Which she's, she's trying to fool me right now, where she's already ate and she's like crying at my feet right now. I don't know. I don't know if she's like disappointed with my performance of the podcast right now, or if she's just really desperate for attention. But she's uh, she's making some effort. So, so if you hear some noises in the background here, or if you just heard the wire that she just pulled, which is why Zach sounded crazy for a second there, it's it's all it's all little Millie over here. It's just a little puppy doesn't know any better. Who needs to just go back to sleep? Uh, yeah. All right. Let's uh let's just talk. Uh, I want to talk a little bit of Ben Simmons stuff here. How he's gonna be out to the playoffs here, and that that. Uh, I can't believe this guy's trying to get his money back. I, I can't believe the situation that's that's in, that's happening in Brooklyn right now. The the Toronto thing is super fascinating. It it just seems like none of this is working out any of the way that they thought it would. I can't believe Ben Simmons is not playing and potentially might not even play this year. And was traded after not playing and, and was able to get James Harden in exchange for like that just there's so many things that don't make sense to me at this point that I I don't even have an expectation for him. I do you think he's going to play this year now at this point because it I don't understand is he hurt is he not hurt is there is this a physical injury now that he didn't have before was he not it's ready the, to go at the beginning of all this why wasn't he in it's shape the, It's the it's a back. It's the back injury that uh it's it's the herniated disc that kind of came up. It seems like is like once he got over to, uh, to, to Brooklyn, I don't remember any, 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 any kind of concrete injuries like this when he was with the, uh, with the Sixers this year, but yeah, Nash came out and said, he's not playing, you know, the rest of the regular season, which, uh, you know, might have snuck up on people with March Madness and everything, but he's just the rest of this week. So it means he's out, out a week and he's out for the playing games. Uh, do you remember how the playing games work? I had to look it up because it's only happened once. You want me to read it how how it works again? You we do the first matchup first, and then they play the winner of the second matchup. Sort of. So uh, the number seven team plays the number eight team, and the winner of that gets the seventeen gets the seventh seed. The number eight team they will play then the play. No, no will then play the winner of the nine and the 10 and the winner of that gets the eight seed. So if, if the season were to end right now, Brooklyn would have to play at Charlotte and then play the winner of Cleveland and the Hawks. And if they lost either of those, they would not be in the playoffs. They're not going to lose any of those games though. I don't think they're gonna lose those games. Uh, unfortunately, they're on a they're on a two game losing streak right now. Unfortunately, all so are all the teams you just mentioned. They're not playing very well right now. Trey Young can do whatever he wants. I, I I've seen him do it in the playoffs, but I don't think he's gonna be able to outduel like the, the style of play that he's playing. Brooklyn plays better. Like he's not. Brooklyn gonna... just beat the Hawks. Like their last game or I mean the Hawks just beat Brooklyn the last game yeah but that's not gonna work in that game all right sure you know what? all right fine you want to you want to pick them go ahead pick against them go ahead go go uh go pick I just someone don't else see what, what, I don't know what you're seeing that just like I, I think uh you know a while back when they still had Harden was just like all right they're just gonna get all together like 
somehow it's going to figure it out. But now you have you have Simmons on the bench. You uh, 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 Durant kind of just tweaked tweaked his ankle. I don't know if he's going to be all the way all the way good. I just don't know if you could just pencil them right in. Not only is Brooklyn going to win two of those games to get in, they're going to win both of those games by over twenty points. You think they're going to go on the road and just blow teams out twenty points? Like it's just 20, more of a hey, we're flipping points. the we're flipping the switch. We're not we're not messing around anymore. It's twenty plus points. Won't even won't even break a sweat. And KD's going to play twenty eight minutes. They're going to win by twenty points. Oh, so they're going to jump on a team. It's not even going to be close. I over could see the twenty points thing happening. I can't see Durant playing under thirty minutes because. It's not college. It's the NBA. So twenty point leads and go and go in a hurry. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about them at all. And, and you know what? And if they don't get in, this only helps the Celtics. But I I fully expect them to get in. I just in, in the scenario that you are right though, and they don't get in, I'd much rather play any of the other teams. I am not scared of Cleveland. They are falling. I'm not scared of Atlanta. They seem. I just feel like there's a formula to stop Atlanta, where we've seen that style of play, and it has a cap, and they've got as far as they could last year and I just feel like the teams are going to figure out how to beat them and they don't really have as many weapons as they had last year and some of the guys are the, the magic just fizzled out a little bit in Atlanta if you ask me all right maybe maybe it'll heat back up a little bit you know Trey can certainly make some noise and it was fantastic in the big games last year we'll, we'll see how that plays out right now but I, I'm not I'm not worried about Brooklyn I'm much more worried yeah, about whether Simmons is actually going to play, but I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't. I don't think he is. Even if what you say happens, which it sounds like we're on, on different sides of it, but in in the in the article, uh, Nash said he's not running. Yeah. So he's not going to. If play. you can't even run right now, I mean that's a big jump between running and playing basketball. So I I don't think that especially a back injury, a back injury alone for a basketball player is is scary. So if you're not running and you haven't played all year, that doesn't seem like something that fixes itself in 10 days, you know, 10 days, two weeks. And if it does fix itself in 10 days, that seems like something you could easily retweak because you tried to rush it. So that also seems counterproductive. We're like, sure, he'll be back next week, and then he'll be out again a week later. Is an easy scenario that could totally happen. But I'm much more unimpressed by, I don't know if the back injury is complete fluke, which it easily could be. Injuries happen. These guys are physical athletes. They play hard. They play against other physical guys. Like it, it, Injuries can be part of the game. But I just feel like this guy had an opportunity to be ready to show up in shape, and I'm wondering if he was out of shape, trying to ramp back up into shape, and it just was not enough time because he really wasn't ready for the season, let alone the trade, and then it finally happened, and now he gets thrown in and he gets injured immediately. It just doesn't just, – it just adds up for a lot of things that I can, you know – I, I could just come up with a conspiracy like I just did right now that, you know, maybe he wasn't yeah. in as great a shape as he could. I have no evidence of that. It just doesn't really sound right for a guy that refused to show up to work and then now is trying to get some back pay for all of that not showing up to work, saying they should have paid him because it was a just there's just, just, just I'm done with this guy. This guy. This is terrible. I don't want to talk about this anymore because it's it's over. He's not going to play. I don't want to talk about him ever again until he does play because it's frustrating that he's not playing. He should be playing, and if he's hurt, he's hurt. But he he should have played by now. It, it just seems ridiculous at this point. The, the whole the whole Nets team seems ridiculous. <laughs> but 
All right, any other NBA talk? I, I, we got about 15 minutes left here. I want to talk some of the uh, new NFL rule changes here, especially the the overtime. Actually, do we really only uh, have the just, over? Just on the, the the flip side of the Ben Simmons is uh, Paul George did come back and just kind of been mentioning the whole time of we have all-stars that have not played enough this year, so anytime we get one back, it's just it's nice. I don't know if there's going to be enough to – have any 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 magic for the uh, for the Clippers, but it's just at least one of these guys is, is is coming back and has returned and is playing basketball as you know as the profession and you know he's he's, he's playing pretty decently. And it's like these guys are really good and I like to see them play. Who knows with the Kawhi as well? I mean, we're not going to have any notice on that at all. It's going to be very similar to Paul George, where we're just going to get a text like middle of the afternoon saying, "Hey, he's he's suiting up tonight. He's yeah, he's, he's playing later. Like, he's, what? He's coming. Really? I don't know how Paul George is playing. To my understanding of the injuries, it's, it seems impossible that he's not only playing, but playing at a relevant level. But you know, hey, good for him. This is going to be a fun playoff. I, I can't wait for it. I feel like there's a huge field of teams that could potentially win, and it's not a top-heavy league at all. This is, this is exactly what you want right now. This is rare opportunity in the NBA where I think the field is who I would take for a championship right now. I, I wouldn't take just one or two or any of them. I, I, I could potentially see, you know, six different teams actually coming out with this. And I can't wait to see see how it all plays out. Uh, I just hope these injuries kind of get everyone back together here. Like, I, I look at the amount of guys that could potentially come back. Like, does Jamal Murray have any chance of coming back? Does Michael Porter Jr. have any chance? I don't think chance? so. Probably not? Nope. All right, so then we let's go. Does John Morant have a chance on coming back? Does Curry have a chance at coming back? Like these Curry are, sounds like he's going to come back for the for the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Jamal Murray. I mean, maybe. Uh, I'm seeing he's ramping up preparation, so that seems like. Uh, these are these are different teams, though. Is what I'm saying. Kawhi Leonard coming back. Like this is huge, changing the NBA landscape overnight. If these guys come back and are anything what they once were, because now. Like I said, it could be any team's chance right now. If you could somehow get this team back together and you can come back to any relevancy, you you are going to have a real shot at all of this, especially at the level of some of the teammates that are playing on all of those teams. So, you know, shout out to Joker. He was awesome the other night. It was just so much fun to watch. Luka was also amazing. Uh, can I just talk – we could talk Dallas real quick. I watched the Luka game, uh, the Sunday game the other day. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how that Dallas team – I look at all of the matchups – not one of his teammates has a favorable matchup. Like I look at their roster against any other roster, and sure, they're playing Milwaukee, who just won a championship of recent, and they are a good team. They're a high seed in the East. They play really well. You know, They should probably have favorable matchups across the board, but nobody's in love with their, their depth of the roster. I don't think that they would brag about their role players over there, but I would still take every single one of their role players over the starters on Dallas. There's just... Somehow he gets it done, and he's, his passing and playmaking ability is incredible. He takes a bunch of step-back threes, which is frustrating sometimes, but it works so often that it's I totally get it, where it's like we just need to get a bucket off here, and, and I'm going to make it happen. And then there's other times where I could see some guys you know, maybe uh, feeling a little down and we need some energy, and he just makes these passes between guys. like, like No problem. Luka's awesome. Jokic is awesome. I, I, I love the way those guys pass. They're really just – mastering the the game at this point of how can I win with what I got and it's it's just a crash course on, on how to do it by both of them so definitely excited for all of that I, I couldn't be 
more excited for for NBA playoffs at this point. What is it next week? It's right around the corner here. Yeah, the uh, end of the regular season is on on Sunday, so I don't know exactly the 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 date, but you know, right around one one week, you know, week week and a half, we will uh, be having the the playing games, and then right into right into into the playoffs. So yeah, I I agree. I, I'm with you. I, I always like the uh, the NBA playoffs. All right, well, I'm excited because I want to make some picks this year. I think this is a good year to do it. I'm willing to throw out another uh, another bet or sort of a gambling situation here if you want to go head to head on some. Some bracket picks here across the board on uh, some NBA playoffs, but you know you uh, you recently won right now. You don't have to dive right back into a bet, you know. But if uh, you know y- you feel like you watch a lot of NBA basketball, you know you watch a lot of college basketball too. You know maybe maybe you could double down on me. I maybe you're watching more than me right now. I mean, look how bad I just did in college. Like how much worse could I do in NBA? I I don't know if it's even possible. Uh, yeah, I really hope not. A- if I do, if I am somehow worse. We need to have like a chat. Like I need to readdress like my free time. <laughs> maybe maybe I need to let you host the podcast. Like there's just there's gonna have to be some actual changes in my life. I don't think I could do any worse. <laughs> I don't think I can live with myself if I ever have a worse result than what I did in that podcast bracket. I'm I'm still I, I'm I'm a little bit in awe because it, it with a lot of it being it's almost as hard to win as it is to take last like you did yeah all right so football talk right we're gonna just move on to we got a new overtime rule yeah what what, and we got a new football league as well well let's talk the the overtime rule first so this is only for the playoffs right where we're gonna allow yep both teams to get the ball and and how does that how does that work is this everything we ever wanted is exactly that and maybe what you want, I think that it's super lame, and, but it is pretty much the the standard thing that the losing team does in the in, in in overtime, where first team comes down, scores a touchdown, game is over. They changed the rules uh, a few years back, saying you if you scored a field goal, the other team got a chance to uh, possess the ball. What is it? When you first sent this rule to me, I thought it was across the board. So my immediate thing was this is just going to lead to a bunch more ties and ties are always worse. But then when I saw it, it was only in the playoffs. So nope, it will not increase ties. But what is it about this rule that you do like? The both teams getting the ball. What, what I, what do I yeah. like? I don't like it at all because I feel like it's, it's basically just discrediting defense at this point. It, it, it's basically saying, let's just make this a free throw shooting contest where guys essentially make it 90, 80% of the time. Because that's what we like seeing. We like seeing points on the board. I, I still think defense should be part of the game here. And if you're able to stop somebody and then score three points, that, that should be it. I don't – I just – we want more offense. Yeah, that, They're getting more offense. That's fine. That's what If that's what everybody wants, that's okay. But this, it's not the best offense. It's the best team. You know, you can have a really good offense, and I feel like we're just – this seems like we're really trying to turn this into a Madden game a little bit here. We're tr- really changing the game of football from football to, to whatever this is. It, it just seems like we're we're going to get to first team gets the ball, first team scores a touchdown, second team gets the ball, which is different than before, but now they know, hey, we have to score a touchdown on this. So it's completely the whole way, four downs, which I think leads to – you're going to take more chances. There's a better chance you are going to score the touchdown. So now you've scored the touchdown, and now the original team gets the ball back, and we're right back where we would have been. Yeah, you're you know, not going to you're not going to touch the ball again. So they're going to go down and score. 
and it's like it was zero zero. Yeah, now you're and we right made back. it zero zero again. And but now it's you know it's a half an hour later. So yeah, I agree with you that it uh it it's going to mean more offense, but there are multiple sides to uh you know to to, to football teams and like you said, well if you want the ball, stop them. You don't, have to, you don't have to just stop him from a long field goal, which, uh, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if you can't stop him from scoring a touchdown, I don't think you deserve to win the game. It was already tied. You could have done things before it got to overtime. There was enough outcome about it. You know, I'm just shocked that they actually made the change, and I, and I will credit the NFL for essentially listening to the outcry of it. I don't have to agree with the outcry, but I, I, I like to credit a league that is listening to the outcry and at least considering it, and in this case, actually accepting it. I can't believe that this has actually happened, though. This is a step closer to this crazy college overtime rule that I just don't like. Because that is like free throw shooting at that point, where it, it turns into penalty kicks, where they get the ball, what do they get, at the 25 or whatever, and they get three, four plays. I don't even know how it is anymore. It's just the amount of opportunities of, of plays you're supposed to be successful on that they just want to see you do over and over again. It's just not as exciting to me. I mean, I'm all for more football. I'm all for tight game football. It'll be exciting to see them have to counter and be like, well, we know they have to get a, a touchdown, and it could be a lot of big fourth down plays and all that. But, you know, it could be that way any other time anyway. It, it's, like you said, it, it just extends the game. If it makes more people happy, that's fine. But the, the next thing they're going to be begging for is, well, we need to get the ball a second time. Like, well, like where is it going to stop? Like, well, we need to get it a third time. You know, they scored, we scored. I, I want to be able to score with them. I, I feel like I can. And it's just going to continue to discredit defenses until there's just no relevancy of it at all, which is what we're really getting close to. So, you know, whatever. It's fine. I, it's, I just shocked that they made the rule change. They don't do a whole lot of rule changes here. Uh, we got about seven minutes here. Do you want you want to talk about this new football league? Sure. It is uh, being spearheaded uh, a little bit by uh, by the Cam Newton, which is which is cool. It uh, it's called OT Seven, and that stands for overtime sevens so this is by the same group that did the uh, the overtime elite which is the high school league where they're paying players so i'm not seeing a ton of it about any of the pay football uh being seven on seven they do have some seven on seven leagues now they're calling it uh was it low contact yeah they're calling it low contact so i don't know if that means like aggressive flag or if it's some sort of like wrap up a guy, I, I don't know exactly how that that's going to going to work, but you know, probably less, less linemen, you know, a lot more spread it out, throw it around. So it should, it should be fun to watch, but with it being part of the same overtime family, uh, they're able to pay for the expenses because the overtime made a bunch of money last April because they have investors by the names of uh, Jeff Bezos and Drake. So you might've heard of those guys. And now uh, Cam Newton is also going to be. So I think that kind of helps having a, a, a football guy, you know, with a, with a football program might be able to get some more, uh, some more eyeballs. I know that definitely caught my attention when I saw like, Oh, Cam Newton and is doing something. And I've got some money behind it, right? Like that's, that's not the issue. <laughs> It sure doesn't sound. Yeah, they uh, they raised eighty million last April. So, I, I don't know why. I don't know how this is going. This league is going to make money to be able to continue to operate. But uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing where it goes. Hey, it's 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 something. It's more 
something else to watch. It's something else for us to talk about on the podcast here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't heard about any of this, uh, so that's actually all news to me. Um, the one last thing I kind of wanted to get to that I wanted to talk about last week that I didn't mention, uh, that I just want to mention today, uh, the, the Foo Fighters drummer uh, passed away. This is uh, generally we do the whole song thing and all that. I kind of forgot it last week, and now I forgot it this week, and I, I just remembered it right now. And I I actually have a cool story where uh, – I don't think many other other people had the opportunity to see what I kind of saw. So when I saw Foo Fighters, it was at Firefly Music Festival. I think it was 2014, 2015, something like that. They were one of the closing headliners on a Saturday night, and the headliner always gets mm-hmm. like the longer uh, time slot. So they get the two-hour time slot. And I think they were closing out the night where I think there was only one act that played maybe you know a half hour, 45 minutes after they were done, and that was like some DJ act on the, like the last stage as you were leaving out. So pretty much everybody in the whole festival is at this one main stage, right? And they play for as long as they can play. But after 12 o'clock, I think, hit, they weren't allowed to play anymore. And they they do a whole big old finale. They shoot off some fireworks at the end of it, and it's it's an awesome concert. I mean, it, it, huge catalog, just a, just a really, really fun concert. A bunch of sing-along screaming songs and loud bands and a whole bunch of energy, and it was just really, really fun. And then it all ends, and we're, we're all kind of ready to kind of go home and call it a day and... It, you know, this is the last act, so we all think this is it. The next thing I know is the, the backdrop where it says Foo Fighters behind the stage drops, and there's another backdrop behind it by another band name that nobody's heard of, nobody's seen on their schedule, nobody has any idea what's going on at this point. And in the backdrop, it says the new band, it says the Holy Shits. And we're like, who, who the hell is that? Who? First of all, who is following <laughs> the Foo Fighters? The main stage act after just playing for two hours, rocking, rolling, and being awesome. And now this no-name band is going to get an opportunity to come out <laughs> on stage after them in front of the largest possible crowd the festival could offer. So I- I'm I'm curious because there's only one way they would do this, right? This has got to be something worth seeing. And sure enough, it was worth seeing because the Foo Fighters band comes back out. And they said that they were only allowed, I think contract-wise, to play for a certain amount allotted time. And that the only way they could continue to play is if they came out under another band name. So they came out under another band name and they said, well, we don't really feel like playing Foo Fighters songs. We just did two hours of all that. How do you guys feel if we do a couple covers of a whole bunch of songs? So they did five covers. They were all awesome. Dave Grohl sang some of them. But the reason of the story is that the last song that they did was Under Pressure by Queen, where Dave Grohl asked Taylor Hawkins, the drummer that had just re- just recently passed away, to sing Under Pressure while he did the drums. Now, anyone who's anyone knows that the Foo Fighters' Dave Grohl is also the drummer from Nirvana. Nirvana happens. I, there's no reason to get into it at all, but they're, they are who they are. They represent the 90s more than anything. Kurt Cobain, if you looked up the definition of rock and roll, it would probably be a picture of him, and that's not necessarily the musician part of him. It's just rock and roll. That's this guy. All right, but he, So he's the drummer for one of the arguably most decorated bands of all time in nirvana right pick your poison on how you want to rank them but relevant guy a guy that you don't really get to see ever play the drums again because nirvana is no longer and that's a really sad thing so i had the opportunity to not only see taylor sing which now feels like an even more rare opportunity where that headed but i had the opportunity to see dave Grohl actually play the drums which i don't know if you're ever going to see that happen again I'm much more worried that we might not ever see the Foo Fighters perform again as well because they didn't ever do Nirvana songs after all that, and they may never do Foo Fighters songs after this because they just don't like replacing guys. Rock bands are strict like that. I mean, I'm sure you've had 
singer replacements and we can debate all of that on whether or not that's the right thing to do or not but if you want to tour you should tour if you don't want to tour you shouldn't have to tour and if it doesn't feel right and then don't do it i'm not forcing anybody to do it but i just feel really grateful that i got a chance to see all that because now i look at it all and there may be an opportunity that we never get to see again they were supposed to be on tour they are on tour right now and they just canceled all of it and it's just uh, it's just a real bummer and a real disappointment, but it, at least I got to see all that. If uh, if you want to see it, you can look it up on YouTube. It was the Firefly Music Festival, Foo Fighters, 2014, I believe, and the, the, the cover band, if it doesn't show up, uh, was called The Holy Shits. So look that up if you're looking for kind of a little Taylor Hawkins memory that will uh, make you smile. It's definitely a hell of a performance and a really fun song to see him perform. I mean, he's just an electric guy. He was an awesome, awesome drummer. And it's uh, it's really crazy that this, this is happening like that. I, I don't typically uh, have stories to talk about all these artists. I'm a huge music fan, but uh, this one I did have a story, so I felt like uh, I, I should share it. And, you know, I, you only have so many of these sort of experiences to share. So um, take that uh, with what you will. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll close out the podcast. That was such a bummer story over there. You were actually at that festival. That was a that was a, I don't know if you made it to the Foo Fighters day that they performed but i think you were there the day before or one of the days i think that year before but no really cool story i don't have a have a ton to add just that uh i'm just always unfortunate when you know a band is you know just doesn't fall apart it's like there's a death and it's kind of almost forced forced apart and like you said you you can kind of come up with replacements but it, it never will be at that that same level and I agree. It's cool that you, you you have like a specific story for it, and you know you can really remember how uh, how that went down. You know, he was only in his uh, in, in his fifties, so you know, a, a younger guy, and just you know, just uh, an, an unfortunate situation. We're all we're all being treated as some really well deserved entertainment, especially after the, the pandemic era here. So I just feel I feel like I would have saw him again, you know, if I could. And uh, now I don't know if I ever will. Like I, the, the year Michael Jackson died, I mean, you can talk about his character and all of that in, in the news and all that but for the most part uh i was just really excited to go see him on that last tour and then when he passed away before the tour even happened that was all right so i guess we're, we're not doing that that's <laughs> you can uh, that, that dream's not gonna happen uh so this isn't gonna happen here either but uh but you know it's a, it's a good memory nonetheless it's just a shame looking forward but uh looking forward to a lot of nba looking forward to a good college championship tonight uh, we'll definitely talk about some of the results next week, as well as uh, trying to trying to trick Zach into making another bet with me over this uh, this NBA <laughs> bracket here. I'm not going to give up because I just feel like I, I did so poorly that I need to at least compete at something again here. Now, even if it's not even a real bet, I just want I just need to compete at something and actually have a chance. So that that's all I'm asking for. It's all I will ask for. It's just an opportunity to do something reckless again where I can actually compete because I got my ass kicked this time. Uh, it's, a, it's a struggle. Uh, last time we'll ever talk about Coach K. I guess we're just going to – this will be an memorum here. Uh, uh, real quick, I watched the Grammys yesterday. A lot of awesome live performances. I don't know if it was part of the, the disaster of the slap scenario the week before, but it felt like must-watch TV this week where it was like, I don't know what happened last week, but I need to be ready this week for whatever – craziness happens at the award show uh nothing too crazy but a lot of awesome live performances by artists i was actually pretty familiar with the for a fair amount of them so uh i don't think it's worth watching live nothing crazy happened but if you're into some of the live performances i would look those up online i'd say those are worth checking out um 
yeah, I don't know how I ended up doing that. We were watching 60 Minutes, and then that played next, and just they never turned off. They kept it moving. A lot of, a lot of good live performances. As, as well as Trevor Noah seemed like he didn't want to talk too much as the host and learned a lot from the week before on <laughs> don't do this sort of stuff. So kept it moving. Thought it was a good show. <laughs> I would I would check that out uh, as well as check us out on Spotify uh, and all the other podcast channels out there. So we're available. Thank you as always for watching. Subscribe. Little column A, little column B.